Hello, if you're a Christian who is struggling with OCD, I wanted to offer some additional support this summer. On Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time in June and July, over eight sessions, I'm going to be providing a teaching time, a learning experience where you can come learn about managing your stress level, dealing with uncertainty, catching that first obsession before it becomes a loop. Dealing with disengaging from physical, mental compulsions, scrupulosity, shame, really any questions that you want to bring to these times I'm open to talking about that have to do with your faith and OCD journey. The most exciting part is that you do not have to be in Tennessee to come. So even if you're in another state in the U.S. or somewhere else in the world and you are able to tune in at that time, you're certainly welcome to do so. For more information, go to bythewellcounseling.com. I look forward to seeing you there. Welcome to Hope for Anxiety and OCD, episode 100. I am your host, Carrie Bach. If you are new to our show, we're all about reducing shame, increasing hope, and developing healthier connections with God and others. I'm so excited to bring this 100th episode to you. They say that you really hit your stride in podcasting once you've been podcasting for either 100 episodes or three years. We haven't quite made it to three years yet, but we did make it to 100 episodes, and I'm very excited about that. I thought it would be fun for our 100th episode to come up with a list of 100 tips for managing anxiety. That sounds like a lot, and it is. It took me a little while to compile this list. We will be putting all of this in a downloadable format on our website at hopeforanxietyandocd.com slash free. So no need to feel like you have to write them down or rewind if you miss something. I'm not going to read the numbers each time because I think that that would get a little monotonous. They are divided into some different sections. Because as we know, and we've talked about previously on the show, we have anxiety affects your thought life, it affects your emotions, affects your relationships, your physical body. So I tried to cover some of these different areas in the tips. In the first section, I just titled this as remember, because there are many things that we often forget that are helpful to put in the forefront of our memory. So number one is remember this moment is temporary and you won't always feel this way. I remember going through my divorce, I had this thought of my life is over, absolutely over, and that thought was not true. Now that I can look back on it, it's pretty easy to say that's not true, but in the moment, it felt very, very true. So know that you won't always feel the way that you do right now. Remember how much you are loved, even if you don't feel it. 1 John 3.1 is one of my favorite verses. It says, how great is the love that God has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Jeremiah 31.33, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love and have drawn you in with loving kindness. Understand that your vision is limited. 
you can't see how this present moment fits into your story as a whole. 1 Corinthians 13.12 says that we see through a glass dimly, and one day we'll see face to face. So we don't have the whole story of what God's doing. Which leads us to number four. God is in control, and I am not. This should bring us some comfort because God is sovereign. When dealing with unanswered prayer, know that God is a loving Father with your best interests at heart. Romans 8.15 Number six, there's nothing that God is afraid of. Absolutely nothing. It says that there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4.18 God is good and working all things for our good. Romans 8.28 Remember a panic attack cannot kill you. That's an important reminder to have if you have panic attacks because they feel like you're dying. Our next section is going to be on physical health, starting with number nine. You cannot make health changes overnight. Gradual, slow changes will be much more lasting than quick, drastic changes. Make sure you rule out physical causes for anxiety and depression, such as low iron, thyroid function, vitamin D, or B deficiency. We covered this information in episode three with nurse practitioner Melanie Lowe. It's a great episode if you want to go back and look at that one. Number 11, listen to your body. Understand and respect your limitations. As much as we want to do many different things with our bodies, a lot of times we can't or we can't necessarily do what we want to in this season, and that's okay. Exercise, good for the body, good for the mind. Medication trials of antidepressants. The people who exercised always fared better than those who didn't, regardless of whether they were getting the placebo or the actual antidepressant. Number 13, pay attention to how different foods affect your body. You may want to do some tracking sometimes and just noticing when you eat certain foods, whether it's dairy or gluten. People have intolerances and live with them for a long time. And so if you're not in tune to how foods are affecting your body, that might be something to look into. Eat intuitively. Pay attention to your body's hunger cues, full cues. This will help you avoid blood sugar drops when you don't eat and feeling sick because you ate too much. And I've had clients dealing with anxiety that have had either of those experiences. Number 15, eat something for breakfast, even if you don't feel like it. And it doesn't have to necessarily be labeled as breakfast food. A lot of our typical American breakfast foods are carbs. You want to make sure that you're getting some protein in the morning, even if it's leftovers from dinner the night before, and that makes you feel good and energized when you eat it in the morning. It doesn't have to be our typical thing, cereal, bagel, eggs, bacon, those types of things. Drink water. Your body will thank you. And if you don't like water, try using fresh fruit to infuse your water. I had some water several years ago that was infused with lemon and cucumber. That was really, really good. I've tried to recreate it at home. It hasn't quite been as delicious, but you can infuse your water with all kinds of different citrus or fruits, and it'll help it taste a little bit better. 17. Stop calling yourself fat. Your body will live up to your expectations of it. 
Coach John on episode 63 talked about seeing himself as a jolly fat guy, and he shared with us his story about recovering from emotional eating, if you missed that one. You may say, I am making one small healthy change today. I'm getting healthier one day at a time. I love and respect my body. My body is strong. We know from the Bible that our words that we say to others make a difference, and a lot of times we don't realize the negative language that we speak over ourselves. 19. Add to your diet instead of trying to subtract. In episode 45, Dr. Katie taught us about adding protein to your diet. Not just maybe adding protein, but you could add one new vegetable, add a healthy snack instead of saying, don't eat this or don't eat that. Sleep is not optional. Find a way to get enough of it. We've had two episodes on sleep so far, number 51 and 68. The next ones have to do with your mental health. 21, you always have something to be thankful for, regardless of the circumstances that you find yourself in. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 tells us to give thanks in all circumstances. I know this is something that I've really had to practice a lot in my life over the years, and the more that you practice it, the more that it will come naturally to you. What God thinks about you is much more important than what people think about you. This helps, especially in work situations where maybe you're doing a good job, but other people aren't recognizing it or seeing it. Asking yourself, did I please God today? And allow that to be your litmus test. 23. Worry is a misuse of the imagination that God gave you. Learn to create positive pathways for your mind to go down. Now we're going to go into a few of those. Think about the most calming place you've ever been. Think about a fun vacation you would like to go on. 26. Think about someone who you know loves you. 27. Dream a little. It's okay, even if you think it will never come true. What is your happiest memory? Can you visualize it? If your thoughts are firing quickly, try writing down what you're thinking. 30. Ask, is this thought true and is it helpful? Some thoughts are true, but they're not helpful for us to focus on. For example, if you lose your job and that's all you focus on, like, I lost my job, I lost my job, I lost my job, and it goes down this negative rabbit hole, maybe you need to shift gears and focus on something more helpful, like, I have skills that can help me get a new job. Ask, is this thought in line with scripture and what God has to say about me? Imagine that you were in a court of law and had to prove that thought was true. Would you be able to do it? What is the counter evidence? 33. Watch what you consume, whether it's news or social media. Consider a social media fast or even deleting it off your phone to prevent mindless scrolling. Imagine the thing you're worried about not going well, going well. This trains your brain to know how you would like it to respond. Similar to a basketball player imagining themselves taking a shot. His next few are on changing your perspective. Number 36, lower your expectations in a good way. You can't do everything well, but you can do some things well. 37, embrace the fact that you don't know everything and use it as an opportunity to grow instead of beating yourself up for not knowing. Find the positive in the situation. There's usually at least one. It's not a failure if it doesn't work the first time around. Keep trying. 
Number 40, ask yourself, what is the worst case scenario? And see if you can surrender this fear to God. In the grand scheme of things, is this worth stressing about? You cannot go backwards. You can only go forward. These next few are on emotional tips. 43. Don't suppress emotions. Emotions were given to you by God because you were created in his image. Find healthy ways to let out emotions, like talking about them, journaling, or using artistic expression. Be curious about any unexpressed anger. Anxiety feels more comfortable to some people than anger. Learn to laugh at yourself. We all make silly or ridiculous mistakes sometimes. My husband helps me not to take myself too seriously, and I really need that. 47. Crying is completely okay and healing to the body. Even Jesus wept. John 11.35. Next few are on relaxing the body. Of course, we're going to say deep breathing. Look into meditation or relaxation apps such as Calm or Abide. 50. Practice mindfulness, focusing on the present moment so you're not borrowing distress from the past or the future. See episode 16 with Irene Cagle for more information on mindfulness. Try a weighted blanket. Take a warm bath or shower. 53. Get a massage or try a massage roller. So if you can't afford a massage, they have these little roller balls that you can roll on your body or have somebody else roll on you. That's kind of a good self-help, I guess, massage. Experiment with different textures that you like and consider carrying something around like a small smooth stone or a piece of soft fabric to help ground yourself when you feel anxious. Create a calm down playlist on your phone. This one is from episode six with Tim Ringgold. 56. Do something creative to work different parts of your brain, and this can help release some worry and stress. Try progressive muscle relaxation. 58. Learn to slow down and soak in the good moments. The next few are on support. Having healthy support is necessary, not optional. We were made to live in community. How can you expand your support system? 60. Find a good church who will rejoice with you in good times and love you in the hard times. Find someone who gets it, whether that's someone else with anxiety, OCD, or something else that you're going through. Something very healing about shared experience. Be around people you enjoy and accept you, including your struggles. 63. As painful as it is, know that not everyone is willing or able to walk that next mile of life with you. 64. Get professional help, such as from a counselor or psychiatrist, if you think you could benefit from it. If the first counselor doesn't work out, don't give up and say counseling didn't work for you. Find someone who can help you. The next ones are behavioral strategies for managing anxiety. 66. Think about something hard you've done in the past that you did not think that you would be able to do initially. A lot of times this helps give us confidence to do the next thing that's challenging for us. Tell yourself that you can, with God's help, with God all things are possible. Matthew 19.26. Do something that feels scary but not overwhelming. 69. Try to avoid avoiding. Avoiding things because you are anxious will reinforce that you have something to be afraid of. Spend time doing things you enjoy. 71. Ask questions. Information can reduce some anxiety about the future and uncertainty. Just don't ask the same questions over and over if it becomes a compulsion. 
To make lasting behavioral change, you have to become a different person. 73. Build natural rewards into your schedule. Do what you have to first and then do something you enjoy. Know that if you wait until your entire to-do list is done to relax, you will never relax. There's always going to be more to do. Prioritization is key. Stop trying to be perfect because no one is. Write out all the changes you want to make in the present tense as if you're already doing them, such as, I take walks three times a week. I put healthy foods in my body. The next few are about boundaries. 77. Boundaries. Learn them, live them, love them. We have a couple different episodes that we have done on boundaries. Episode 73 dives into what are boundaries and why are they important, while episode 84 gives us more practical language on how do I set a boundary. No is a complete sentence. We can unintentionally hurt people more by not telling them the truth about themselves. 80. Learn how to communicate confidently in the face of conflict. This may require working through some past trauma or hard things, especially if you had conflictual relationships either with your parents or a former dating partner or spouse. Reduce clutter in your life. We have more about this on episode 49. Don't overschedule yourself. Life is meant to be lived with some margin. The next tips are relational. Let go of trying to please everyone. It's impossible. I have seen so much anxiety be created over trying to please everyone all the time. Romans 12:18 tells us, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. But so far as it depends on you is the only peace that you have that you can control. 84. Stop trying to change other people. You can only change yourself and see if the other person responds to you differently. Find a way to serve others and you will reap the blessings. Putting the focus on others can put your problems in perspective. Proverbs 11.25 The one who waters will himself be watered. 86. Stop worrying about trying to get together with that person who never has time for you and cultivate a relationship with someone who does. Be careful what you share to people who are always talking about someone else. 88. Don't date someone you don't plan on marrying. Accept that dating is awkward and uncomfortable process for everyone involved. I have never had a conversation with someone who said, oh, yes, I date confidently and comfortably. Maybe that's because they're not in counseling or because they've already found someone. But if you're in the dating pool, just know it's awkward and uncomfortable for everybody. And our last 10 are spiritual principles for managing anxiety. Number 90, let God be the first one that you talk to in the morning before you check your phone. Find scriptures that speak to you in a situation that you're dealing with and post them around the house until you memorize them. 92, think about a time that God really came through for you answering a prayer and know that he's going to answer in your current situation. Learn a few breath prayers that you can pray when you feel anxious We have an entire episode on this, episode 75, with Jennifer Tucker. 94. Stay away from the why questions, such as why is this happening, or why are you allowing this, to focus on the how question. How will you use this in my life? How do you want me to live in light of this experience? Learn to embrace suffering as something that keeps you closer to Christ. 
Trust God and lean not on your own understanding, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. That one takes a long time and intentionality and practice. What God is speaking to you will often be confirmed by the Bible or others in the church. 98. Keep listening to the Hope for Anxiety and OCD podcast. Okay, I know that's a little self-centered. I just had to kind of throw that one in there. 99. Do your best to live without regrets. And 100. Never give up on what God has called you to do. If you've been listening to the show for a little while, you know that I like to end our episodes with a story of hope, which is a time in which our guest has received hope from God or another person. I wanted to tell you a little story of hope that's come up for me recently about office space. I had this beautiful office space in Smyrna that I gave up partially due to COVID, partially due to just planning to have a daughter. I wasn't pregnant just yet, but I was headed down that direction, wanted to really be at home and have time off for maternity leave, do all those things. And just recently, the Lord has put it on my heart to get back into an office. I've enjoyed working from home, but Getting back into the office for intensives has really been great for me and other clients. It will allow me to expand to people who aren't wanting to do telehealth and increase intensives to more than just Fridays, which is the only office space I have right now. And I don't know if you have ever looked for commercial space, but I'm just going to throw it out that it's an absolute nightmare. A lot of times on the listings, they don't put pictures. You're lucky if you get a floor plan. It may be very grainy and hard to read when you pull it up if you do get one. Is this a bit of a headache in general? So you end up having to call these real estate agents, go out, see the places. Oh, no, this one doesn't have hardly any windows or natural lighting. This one is next to some really loud business and you don't want to put your counseling practice there. There's just so many different factors or Many of them, of course, are too expensive for more. They're too big or too expensive because they're designed really for larger medical offices or corporations. And it can be quite a discouraging process. So when I decided to start looking, I prayed and I said, okay, God, you have already found me office space twice. I had an office in Donaldson for two years. I had an office in Smyrna for two years. And I know that if you are leading me in this direction of getting an office space, it's already done. You just have to lead me to the right one and give me wisdom and guidance in the process. I can tell you that God closed so many doors. There was one particular area of town I was trying to get an office in and God just kept slamming doors shut and really kind of regrouped and thought about it and thought, maybe I'm not supposed to put an office over here. Maybe God wants me to be in a different area and decided to continue looking at Smyrna a little bit more. Just found a lovely place that's in a good location, great area, good traffic. And I'm so thankful to God. We're working on negotiating out the lease terms right now, and I will be working on decorating it and finding other counselors to help share the space with me to sublet. And I'm happy to be back doing that again. But I think because I had already been through the process twice and each office has its own story just of how God showed up and how God allowed me to have that space. And because I had already been through that twice, I just knew that God was going to come through again if that was his will. 
When you're facing situations in your life, it's helpful to reflect back and go, okay, God did this, so God can do this other thing over here. If God can lead you to a church, God can lead you to a counseling professional. If God can lead you to a counseling professional, God can lead you to a psychiatrist if that's what you're really needing. And just reflecting and remembering on what God has already done really helps us when we go through discouraging and difficult times. It's towards the beginning of August right now, and I'm sure that when this episode comes out, I will be in high gear getting ready for the AACC conference next month, where we are showcasing the podcast in a booth rental. I'm excited to get this podcast before thousands of Christian counselors and ministry leaders that will hopefully expand our reach and get us to more people who really need the help and support. We always appreciate when you share the show, and I have heard people tell me recently that their counselor recommended they listen to the podcast, so that's a really beautiful thing. Again, we'll have all of these tips in a downloadable format on our website at hopeforanxietyandocd.com slash free. As always, thank you so much for listening. Hope for Anxiety and OCD is a production of By the Well Counseling. Our show is hosted by me, Carrie Bach, licensed professional counselor in Tennessee. Opinions given by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of myself or By the Well Counseling. Our original music is by Brandon Mangroom. Until next time, may you be comforted by God's great love for you.